listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Get ready to launch yourself into the latest Rockets news. You are listening to the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I am your host, Lashar Binkley. I'm a contributor for uh, Space City Scoop, contributor for the Dream Shake, uh, which I just came out with my first article a couple of days ago. So please check that out. And of course, I'm a podcast host for Launchpad Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at HTownForLife40. That's all caps. Be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo H-O-U. That's Apollo H-O-U is all caps. That just hit over 11,000 followers um, a couple of weeks ago. So of course, we always appreciate the support. And make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, five stars are preferable, but um, of course, we always appreciate the listenership. We would definitely greatly appreciate it. Um, on today's episode, um, I have Mr. Drew Middleton. He's a Apollo contributor, and he's actually, this is the first time we've talked. He's actually just did a podcast with our other host on Launchpad Podcast, Taylor um, so, Drew, why don't you let everyone know where they can find all your content? And um, and before you do that, I definitely want to say uh, thank you for jumping on the show. Like I said, this is our first one. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to talking Rockets basketball. But on you can find me on Twitter at HTX underscore Drew underscore. That's where I post all my articles, all my uh, podcasts, and everything else about Rockets basketball. Yeah, and this is going to be an exciting weekend, of course. I mean, it's been an exciting few weeks um, ever since we found out that the Rockets had the number two pick, and then they we found out who they were going to draft. And now we have the Summer League roster that just came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. It took a while. Um, yeah. I don't know if Rockets Twitter kind of pressured them to finally giving us the information we wanted. But we finally got uh, the Summer League roster. And more important than all of that, we got the actual numbers that mm-hmm. certain players are going to be wearing. Um, but So in the first segment, we're going to talk about the Summer League roster, what we kind of expect in tomorrow's game and the Summer League going forward. And then the second segment, we're going to talk about this uh, past week free agency that's actually still going on, but the Rockets – have already made a couple of moves, um, signing Daniel Thais and bringing back David Nawaba. We're going to discuss that. And in the final segment, we're going to talk about the actual roster um, going into preseason and regular season and how do we see the Rockets working out? Because as, as we speak right now, the Rockets still have Eric Gordon and John Wall on the roster. So it's going to be interesting to see how they figure out um, who's going to start, who's going to sit out, who's going to come off the bench. So we're going to discuss that in the final segment. Uh, So in the first segment, like I said, we're going to discuss the summer league roster. So I want to ask Drew this this question to uh, kick it off. Um, We have the summer league roster. We see who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing. Uh, Was there any surprises? Um, For instance, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is not on there. Jay uh, Jay Sean Tate. Any surprises when you saw the roster come out? Honestly, not really. I kind of expected – the roster to be as it is right now because Kevin Porter Jr. He played in the G League bubble last year, and he's also gonna, he's going into his third year. So I I know some players may play for, on the summer league roster for more than two years, but most after two years stop. That are that are like he's on the verge of becoming a great player. So I feel like the Rockets felt the need to give other players a chance to see what they have with the actual roster. Like Kyrie Thomas is on there, and he's he's been in the league a, a little bit longer than Kevin Porter. So yes. I'm so it's just I think it's just they wanted to get as many players on there as they can to see what they have in these players to see if they'll be able to make the roster in the regular season. Yeah, it's like I, I don't think it's a huge surprise that neither one of those players played or are playing Tate mm-hmm. or KPJ just because, like you said, they already have experience. I mean, Jay Sean Tate, even though he was technically a rookie last year, I mean he's played all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he played just played a full NBA season. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., funny enough, I mean, he's already played two seasons, even though he didn't play a lot um, at the beginning of last season. And he was out part of his first season. He's still he's been in the NBA a couple of years. So not really a huge surprise on, on those players. I think the, the good thing about it is, I mean, not great for Spain, but great for the Rockets that. Usman Garuba was able to come back in time to be actually oh, yeah. be on the roster because Spain was knocked out. Um, 
uh, actually several days ago. So that's definitely a good sign seeing Garuba on the team. And and another question I want to ask you is, who are you most for uh, looking forward to seeing play? Um, I mean, of course, Jalen Green. I think that's the mm-hmm. obvious answer. But outside Jalen Green, who are you kind of looking forward to seeing on the court and seeing how they mesh with the other players on the Rockets uh, summer league roster? So there's two players that I'm really excited to watch. And one is Dross Christopher. I think he's going to be really exciting to watch. He's very explosive and he's a great scorer. And the other is Jalen Tate. Yeah. I really liked watching him at Arkansas. I feel like he was a great player. He was able to, he was a great point guard. And he, I just, he has a very high basketball IQ. I've watched him play in the tournament and he was great. I'm actually really happy that we signed him to a summer league contract. And so I'm hoping that he performs really well and we end up converting him to like a two-way deal and keeping him on the team. But Josh Christopher and Jalen Tate are my two, the two I'm most excited to watch. You can also say Usman Garuba yeah. and Sangoon, but I feel like most people will say them too because they're our first-round selections. Yeah. But I feel like Jalen Tate and Josh Christopher are mine. Yeah, I, do. I mean, those were definitely good picks. I mean, another guy is Matthew Hurt, just because mm-hmm. shooting in college, I mean, of course, as we all know, the three-point line is, is closer uh, than the NBA three-point line. So I'm kind of interested to see if he can translate that to a further out three-point line against uh, better competition. I mean, I know this is summer league. You, you can only judge it so much based on the competition, but you're still taking a step up from – when he played at Duke and ACC and to see if he could kind of continue that 40% plus three point shooting that he had in college. I mean, I mean, if you look at it, three, I mean, shooting is something that can translate at any level. Um, I'll also be interested to see, you know, what other skills does he have? Cause honestly, I didn't watch him a lot at Duke. I mean, I saw some tape after I found out that he was being, you know, placed on the summer league roster. So I'm kind of interested to see if he has any other skills outside of three-point shooting. Um, but like you said, I mean, the players you mentioned, Josh Christopher, just because honestly, out of all the players um, outside Jalen Green, I think Josh Christopher is probably going to be second leader in, in uh, points per game just because that's his, uh, that's his game. I mean, his game is getting to the basket. It's being able to play off the bounce. The one thing he has to improve on, which I think, goes for a lot of rookies outside Jalen Green's his outside shooting because mm-hmm. that's something that teams are going to focus on a lot once he actually gets into the league is if, you know, most teams, once they see that you can't shoot from the outside, a la Ben Simmons, not to say that Josh Kripper is bad as Ben Simmons, but once they find a weakness in your game, they try to exploit it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think he's going to work on during the summer league time. And what's one player that you see outside of Jalen Green that you think is probably going to be uh, the most effective or, or that's going to have the, the biggest breakout summer league? Is it Josh Christopher or is it somebody else? So there could be a couple guys on here, but I'm going to go with a first-year player because I feel like, you know, K.J. Martin, he's played against NBA players. Yes. Um, Kyrie Thomas has played against NBA players. Anthony Lamb has played against against NBA players. So those guys have experience. So I'm expecting them to do pretty well. But if I were to pick someone that have a breakout, I would probably say it's going to be Sangoon. I feel like he's yeah. he's very underrated. I know a lot of Rockets Twitter love him, and he's great. But I feel like a bunch of other teams don't really know who he is. So I feel like he's going to put like Cavs fans, Piston fans on notice because I feel like. He's a great player. He has great footwork and inside scoring. So I feel like he'll be able to kind of abuse rookie Simmons because he's played in the Turkish league against other grown men who have yes. played for a while. So he has experience in the pro in the pros too. So I feel like he's going to do really well in the first couple of summer league games. Yeah, I mean, the more tape I watch on him, I mean, of course, he's going to have to develop uh, some type of you know, post game, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't necessarily have to be a great three point shooter, but I think he needs to develop the exact same thing that PJ Tucker did, which is basically standing in the corner and being able to hit 35 or 38 percent. He doesn't have to be a knockdown three point shooter from all over the court. If he could just develop that corner three, I think that, you know, that would take him a long way because I mean, his defense is already, his defense is already NBA ready. Uh, he's able to guard anybody one through five. He can guard for switches. He can do drop coverage. I've seen him pick up guards. I mean, the Turkish league, I, I mean, uh, in European play, I've seen him pick up guards full court and be able to stay in front of them. Um, he makes winning plays. He's the type of 
he's in the same mold as, you know, not to say that he's each player, but he's in the same mold of, you know, Mario Ailey, Patrick Beverly, PJ Tucker, guys that just make winning plays. They may not mm-hmm. have a bunch of box scores that stand out to you, but they're the type of players that make winning plays at the end of games. And I kind of see the Rockets putting them in those defensive specialist kind of positions where in the quarter or in their half or in the game where they need a defensive stop. I can see them putting them in for at the power four position and playing next to Christian Wood, or in some cases, even taking Christian Wood place if they want to go, you know, small ball with maybe KJ Martin at power forward and then Jason Tate at small forward and having Garuba at center. But mm-hmm. I think during the summer league, um, I, I think he's definitely going to stand out because people are going to see how athletic he is and um, how much of a motor he has. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely one person that I'm going to be looking forward to. And um, you can just watch his Olympic play. He blocked yeah. him. He did really well defensively against the U.S. team. He needs to work on his corner three, like you said, because yeah. he had some pretty bad misses in that game that I watched. But it's his form isn't so broken. It looks like it's a little bit of work with a shooting coach, and he'll be good to go. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's it's like I say, it's not something that, you know, he's – I mean, I mean, you could be wrong. Maybe he develops into a three-point shooter, but it's not something I think he needs to do to yeah. be able to stay in the league. It's just something that if he adds that to his game, he can make a lot of money in the league because his, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yep. his defense is already, like I said, it's uh, some of the best defense I've seen in the draft probably outside of Evan Mobley. Um, mm-hmm. And also, just speaking more particularly on the game coming up um, tomorrow – so they're going to be facing the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers at 5.30 on ESPN2. And, of course, that means that we're going to get to see um, Jalen Green and the Rockets versus Evan Mobley and uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, what was kind of your thoughts on, just to go back a little bit, and full disclosure, I don't really need, think I need to disclose this. I was part of Mobley Mile for a long time before I finally just said, you know what, I kind of see the writing on the wall where this is going. And I, you know, jumped over to the Jalen Green side. But what was kind of your thoughts on Evan Mobley, you know, as we found out what pick the Rockets was going to have? Um, what's kind of your thoughts on his overall game? Because we're going to see a lot of that probably tomorrow. So originally, I was also part of Mobley Mob. I really yeah. wanted to draft him at two. I thought he was a great prospect. and He has potential to be one of the best players in the league. So does Jalen Green. But – when you look at his game, I feel like he's a mixture of, I don't know. I feel like these are big names to be comparing him to already, but Anthony Davis, there's some comparisons I saw if he can bulk up because his defense is really great. His wingspan is huge and he can block shots a lot, like a lot of shots if you watch him in college. But when we picked green at two, I was happy with that as well. Cause I feel like the scores are really important in this league, but I wouldn't have been mad if we picked Mobley at two or green. I think we made a good choice. But when we picked Green at two, I was actually happy because of the news that came out, as you saw with Mobley's camp not wanting him to come to Houston. Yeah. So I feel like it was smart to pick Green. He seemed to really like Houston and wanted to be here with uh, – he l- likes Kevin Porter and uh, KJ Martin. So I think it's good just to have someone that's already wanting to be here and get the work instead of like, you know, a Marvin Bagley in Sacramento. He's been wanting out since he got drafted there. So I feel like we just made a smart pick. Yeah, I mean, and another thing that's it may not have any effect on the court. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I mean, let's just be honest. It's just more excitement around Jalen Green's game. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to factor that in. And I know, you know, I know how people feel about Tim and Fertitta, but at the end of the day, you're also trying to bring bodies back into the Toyota Center. And having Jalen Green on the roster over Evan Mobley, the excitement probably two, three times more than it would have been, you know, if they would have drafted Evan Mobley at number two. So, I mean, that, yeah, I'll go ahead. If you look right now, I think Jalen Green has gotten more media coverage than Cade Cunningham. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and it's not just because, you know, we follow Rockets Twitter. I mean, I think you just look on ESPN. Yes, everywhere. Highlights, it's everywhere. Yeah, he's the the guy out of everybody in the draft that everybody's going to be paying attention to, Mm -hmm. especially in the summer league. So, I mean, just the excitement factor in it, I mean, I have to admit, that's a that's a part of you know drafting Jalen Green. He's going to bring excitement to the Rockets, especially after having one of the worst seasons oh, yeah. in franchise history. I mean, to go from that to all of a sudden now the city is like rejuvenated and it's excited like, again. Yes, people are actually talking Rockets basketball, which um as we were kind of talking about off air was last year was like really difficult. I mean, it was bad enough that the Rockets were 
eliminated. The worst <laughs> or eliminated probably by all-star break. Yeah. It, it was also, you know, us being, you know, trying to do Rockets covers, trying to come up with actual Rockets talking points was, it was a difficult year. I'll just say that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this year because it's going to be a lot more excitement. Even when the Rockets don't win, it's going to be yeah. excitement every single game. Because you're um, watching the development of each individual player. Exactly. You don't really have a lot of expectations going into the season like you did. I mean, honestly, it was a lot of expectations going into last year, even even yeah, though people we may had Harden. Yeah, we said Harden and people may not have been excited about Westbrook overall, but it was still Russell Westbrook. So mm-hmm. people were still expecting certain things uh, before um, last season. So definitely going to be a, a different situation this year. And before we wrap up the first segment, um, one other thing I want to kind of talk about. Um, what's kind of was your opinion once they came out with the actual official heights um, for certain players? I mean, we found out that Jalen Green is 6'6". K.J. Martin actually grew an inch, which people kind of forget. These are really young guys. They're still growing. Um, what was kind of your impressions of that? I know some people were kind of kind of taken back to Alfred. Um, Sagoon was only 6'9", but what was kind of your opinions once you saw the official heights come out? So, I, I mean, it's great that K.J. Martin grew an inch. That's great if you want his power forward. You want to be as tall as possible. But with the Sangoon being shorter than people thought, I think it's not that big of a deal. Because, I mean, you look at uh, – there's some uh, – Rashawn Holmes, he just signed a big deal with the Kings, and he's 6'9", yeah. so it doesn't really matter as long as you, he gets to his area and he can effectively score in the paint with post moves and play. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And the Rockets didn't draft him because they thought he was 6'11", 7 feet, yeah. and he was blocking shots, and he was dominating because he was able to push people out of the post. I mean, they drafted him because he had the best post moves in the draft. And you go back and look at players like, again, I'm not comparing him to Luis Scola because Luis Scola is one of the greatest international players of all time. But you look at players like Luis Scola, Luis Scola wasn't the most athletic. He wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the biggest. He just had some of the best footwork in the entire NBA and, in, in, you know, in international play. And that's why he was able to play into his 40s. And he actually, shout out to yes. Luis Scola, who just retired yep. um, from international play. Um, the fact that he was still able to play at that level lets you know that, you know, he had to develop his craft. And I think Sagun can do the same thing because he has those same type of footwork. And the fact that um, he may only shot close to around 30% from three, I think that's something that he can improve on and work on during the summer league game as well, because he's an 80 plus percent free throw shooter, which lets you know he has the mechanics to actually improve. So, yeah, I don't think the height is really that big of a deal because ultimately you're looking at skills. And also sometimes somebody may be six, eight, but they have a seven, one, seven, two wingspan, which makes all the difference in the world. Um, So, I mean, I don't think it's a huge deal. I just think it's something sometimes people get hung up on height and they kind of need to just look at the overall package of a player uh, yeah. their skill set so I do um, wish we had K- KPJ on the summer league roster so we could finally see if he's actually 6'6 <laughs> yeah because that's been kind of a back and forth like is he 6'5 is he 6'6 is he taller than Jalen Greensman mm-hmm. it's kind of been all over the place and I guess we'll I guess we probably won't find that out into training camp um, mm-hmm. but that'll be kind of the next big thing and oh well, actually one more thing before we wrap up the first segment so what was your thoughts on the whole number gate? Was it that big of a deal to you? Um, I know they kind of took some jabs at each other back and <laughs> forth. Um, Jalen Green. And then, you know, we saw, you know, Daniel House with the, you know, with his, you know, Twitter, Instagram posts. Was there mm-hmm. any, um, did you have a problem either way with Daniel um, House not willing to give up that pick? No, no, no. I think it's fine. He's a veteran. He's played on our team for multiple years. He can, he can keep the number. I think that they just saw how Rockets fans were reacting every time the Rockets would post something that wasn't the numbers or training yeah. camp or uh, practice videos. And they're all these guys are on social media. They're young. They're they're around my age. They're all 19, 20. So they probably were just trolling back and forth about the number that when Jalen Green held up the chain that said four and then Daniel House came <laughs> like and put like at Florida House Entertainment and all that kind of stuff. I think it was just messing messing with each other. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's that huge of a deal. And I agree. I mean, I know people sometimes take shot at Daniel House. Um, I understand. Um, but at the end of the day, he, he's he been in the league for several years. He's had some success in the league. 
I'm not surprised that he he was not willing to just hand over his his number that he's probably worn. I mean, I can't remember if he wore it in college, but I'm pretty sure he's probably worn it for a long time. He worked um, 23 in high school, I think. I don't know what school. he wore in college. Yeah, yeah, I don't I know what he wore in college. Yeah, I can't remember what he wore in, in college. Um, but I mean, he's been wearing it in the league since he came in the league. So I'm, I'm not surprised that he's not just willing to give it over to just, you know, just to the rookie, even though it is the number two overall pick. But in his mind, like most players, they probably think that I'm the best player in the league. So why am I going to give my number to a rookie? So mm-hmm. that's not a big, big surprise. So I think, like you said, I don't think they really have any issues. It was just them having fun on social media. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, in the second segment, we're going to actually be uh, going over the actual free agency that's still going on and some of the moves the Rockets made and some moves that they didn't make. Um, so please stick around and we will be right back. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston. All original. Hello and welcome back in to the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. And in the second segment, uh, we're going to actually break down some of the free agent signings that the Rockets had and some of the ones that they didn't have um, that was maybe rumored to possibly happen. Um, but before we kick off the second segment, I want to welcome in my man, A.D. Anthony Duckett. Welcome into the second segment of the show. What's going on, uh, Lashard and Drew? How you guys doing? Yeah, oh, man, yeah. we're doing well. And uh, before we uh, go ahead and continue, why don't you, as usual, let everybody know where they can find all your content. You can find my content on Space City Scoop at Space City underscore Scoop. You can find me on Twitter also at A underscore Duckett as well. All right. And like I mentioned before, we are going to break down some of the uh, free agent assignment that happened this past week. And I want to go ahead and start off with you, Anthony. What was kind of your opinion on uh, – for instance, the Rockets signings and also the fact that they didn't bring back players like Kelly Olenek. And um, we also had, we found out Kelly Oubre is going to Charlotte because he was kind of rumored as possible mid-level exception player that they may bring in. What was kind of your opinion on the Rockets free agency period? Um, nothing that was really surprising. Uh, the Daniel Hospital, starting out with Olenek, um, I kind of thought, in my mind, that Olenek wasn't really going to be back, especially once we had heard rumors about the Rockets wanting Daniel Tice, which they ended up signing on a four-year deal. Uh, and also considering, you know, what they did in the draft, you know, as far as getting a couple bigs, um, the right kind of was on the wall. But I always thought that Olenek was probably going to get paid, um, I'll say top dollar from somewhere else, uh, although he didn't get paid top dollar. But um, – 12 and I think he got what 12 and a half per year with um yeah, yeah in that range yeah yeah I, I thought that was his market um but I it, again it didn't really make a lot of sense for the Rockets to pay him that um and especially considering what they made as far as the like I said getting other big men um I like the Tice signing I think he's a solid rotational player good defender um he's he's a, he's a he's a pretty much legitimate 10 and 6 guy um but having him allows you know um i don't know if he starts but um in general i I think that having him will allow again wood to play the four um and especially on defense you know allows tice to to defend uh opposing bigs because that's really not wood's forte although they try to use him that way a little bit that's really not yeah um the qualifying offers that we extended out to what Brooks and Thomas, right? Kyrie Thomas. Which so Thomas? I think Thomas they actually signed him um, last year to a three-year yeah, deal. To a three-year deal, and they did uh, okay. send a qualifying offer to Brooks um, and Lamb, right? And Lamb, Lamb a couple Lamb. of days ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean the the qualifying offer, those qualifying offers, I suppose that makes sense. I really want Brooks back. I don't really carry the weight on Lamb, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I know that Lamb kind of caught fire towards the end of the season. Um, but, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of eh, on him. But I really do want Brooks back. Um, but um, I would like to see the Rockets get, get some more shooting. Um, I also would have liked 
Justice Winslow. Um, I know the Rockets were linked to him through Kelly Eco and even through Jonathan Fagan. Um, so I know the Rockets probably really wanted to do something there, but uh, I mean, it makes sense for him to go to the Clippers. That makes a lot of sense, but I, I would have liked to have had him. But uh, what I would like and for sure is the Rockets to get some shooting. And there are still a lot of shooters out there in the market. And uh, what about Drew? Uh, what's your opinion on uh, the Rockets free agency or, are you happy with what they brought in? Um, or you still think they're going to be active? What was kind of your opinion on it? So as of now, I'm actually pretty happy with how they approach free agency. I feel like since drafting four rookies, those are, that's four roster spots that are filled. So there's not as much playing time to go around. And then the Daniel Thais signing, I think, is really good because it's, it appears as if Steven Silas is really good with stretch bigs. And if you look at Kelly Olenek, he was not like that in, in Miami. So I feel like if he puts uh, – Tice in this Steven Silas system, he's also going to put up those numbers. And then also playing next to Christian Wood, who is he's a solid shot blocker, but not necessarily a good paint defender, if that makes any sense. And I feel like if you stick Daniel Thice down there, he can help out Wood on like opposing bigs that are like Embiid, Jokic, and all those kind of players. And he was one of the only free agents we actually brought in was Thice. We, like Anthony said, we extended qualifying offers to. Armani and Lamb, and then letting Olenek walk, you just have to let him walk. The Detroit Pistons overpaid him, in my opinion. But other than that, I think we've made solid moves. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And Tice, I mean, he actually shot 34% for Boston before he was traded to Chicago. I mean, at that point, he had traded to Chicago. It was kind of like the Rockets last year. You get to a point mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I mean, what am I really supposed to do at the end of this year? Because the Chicago Bulls had no chance of really doing anything uh, towards the end of the year. They were kind of retooling for the next year, even though they did trade for Vukovic and they, and they, you know, they still had Zach Levine, but they were kind of gearing towards this year. As you see, they started bringing in all these upgraded players, but I, I think that he can still give the Rockets exactly what they need, even though he's not a huge free agent name, like some, like some of the other ones that went out. I think he fits this Rockets team perfect because like y'all been saying, Christian Wood is a power forward, in my opinion. He's not a center. Maybe in some uh, circumstances, he can still play the center position, but his natural position is the four because he's not going to really guard any big guys down there in the post. He gets pushed around a, a little bit too much. I mean, it's not really surprised with his frame. That's just kind of, I think, the play he's going to be going forward. He's more of a power forward type player that needs to play more outside of the perimeter than inside the paint. And I think that bringing in Tice, I mean, you – you're, you're kind of solving that one problem. And they may be kind of going back and forth. And this is something we're actually going to talk about a little bit more in the final segment. It's the actual rotation going forward. But I think it's going to be kind of him being in a lineup, uh, starting lineup, then maybe being the sixth or seventh man. It's going to kind of go back and forth throughout the year, depending on matchups and depending on John Wall. And, you know, that's all kind of in flux still. But I, 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 I love that signing, even though we still haven't got the full details if he's getting – three years guaranteed and the fourth year partial, or I don't think we've really seen the full details on that yet. And, and bringing back David and is like a no brainer. I mean, yeah. I like Sterling Brown, but if you decide between Sterling Brown and David and to me, you go David and because before he got hurt, he was the most consistent player, honestly, for the Rockets, um, especially on the defensive end, even the one game where he came back after getting hurt. I mean, he was probably one of the best players. I think if I'm not mistaken, it was that Utah game. Uh, he was actually one of the best players on the court, even though he pretty much only had one hand. So, I mean, you need players like David Nwaba, who's been in the league, who's defensive-minded, who's actually in practice, I think he's going to help players like Jalen Green and, and KPJ because he's going to be guarding them probably full court, showing them exactly what they can expect, you know, going into the season. So, I mean, bringing him back at three years, $15 million, I mean, that's a bargain, if you ask me. Um, so I, I love that signing. And, and I do agree that they do need to bring in more shooting, um, but I don't want to see them bringing in marginal players just because, just because, because I think that's going to take away from some of the younger guys that they have on the team. Um, another uh, question I want to ask as far as the free agency is just overall, were there any surprises to any of y'all? Were y'all surprised about, for instance, um, Kyle Lowry going to Miami or the fact that Miami gave Jimmy Brutler this huge contract extension that's going to, if I'm not going to say, he's going to be close to almost $45, $50 million towards the end of that contract. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, of course, you have the Lakers bringing in all these 
big names, not necessarily great players at this point. Um, was there any other surprises in free agency? Um, I'll start with you, Drew. Um, honestly, not really. I mean, my Miami was linked to Lowry last year and on the trade in the trade deadline, but they didn't end up trading for him because I, I feel like they felt they could get him in this offseason like they did. Um, Westbrook, I think that's a trade. It's not really a free agent, but Westbrook to the Lakers was actually probably the most shocking thing yeah. in this offseason, in my opinion. I feel like out of all the teams that signed a bunch of free agents, I feel like the Nets got better. They added what they needed, not like just a big name like the Lakers are doing. The Lakers are adding a bunch of uh, role players now that used to be all-stars. And so it looks great on paper, but is it really going to work on my court? I don't think so. So Miami also had to PJ Tucker, which I did not yeah. see him leaving the that was a surprise. championship. Yeah. That was the biggest surprise actually. So that's, I mean, everything else has kind of been, I mean, predicted, but Oh, Patty Mills to the Nets. I didn't see that happening. I thought Patty may stay with the Spurs because he's played for them almost his whole career. Yeah, I think that's a nice signing for them. That's mm-hmm. one of the under-the-radar signings that we were kind of talking about off the air mm-hmm. type of player that they need because, I mean, you know, as much as Brent Forbes had his moments, he's not exactly somebody you can depend on in the playoffs yeah. as um, teams like Milwaukee saw and then Brooklyn saw where they didn't have anybody outside of – I mean, Joe, Joe Harris, Harris just, just he, he just disappeared um, completely off the face of the earth. So they definitely needed some some veteran leadership players that they could depend on um, going forward. So Anthony, what was, did you see any kind of surprises or anything that kind of stood out to you in uh, free agency around the league? Yeah, I was also surprised by the PJ Tucker deal. I would have thought you would go back to a title team, you know, and try to run it back. Um, especially considering what he got. I mean, two for 15, the r- reports were that the Bucks were, were preparing to offer two for 20. So if he took less money to go to a first round exit team, then, you know, that was a little surprising. Yeah. I was also surprised by the sign and trade Devontae Graham deal for the Pelicans. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, um, you need a legitimate point guard. Yeah. So the Devontae Graham deal, that was kind of shocking to me. I didn't, I don't understand what New Orleans is doing. That doesn't make a lot of sense. You're looking for a point guard. Uh, you got rid of Lonzo and Bledsoe, which makes sense, but Devontae Graham's not better than either one of those point guards, you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, yeah. the game, I, think, no, I was going to say, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand, yeah, what New Orleans is doing. Like, or do they just not like Zion? Or they they just, want him to leave, I guess. <laughs> they just want him to leave. Like, I don't know what they're doing there. Yeah, they, I mean, they also gave, brought they, in Sadoransky, but he's not very good. Exactly. <laughs> well, especially not for what they need. I mean, they, they, they should have – they should be feeling pressure of, you know, Zion, uh, especially reports that, you know, him in his circle, you know, not necessarily happy there. Um, he's got an extension that, I, that he's eligible for coming up here soon. So, yeah. you know, it will make sense that you would want, you know, to maximize the window of, of Ingram and Zion and you need a legit point guard. I mean, hell, I'm biased, but I think John Wall's better point guard than Devontae Graham, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Um, both the guys they let go of, uh, Bledsoe and Lonzo, I think better than Devontae Graham. They gave him a $48 million deal and threw a first round pick in and make that trade happen. It's like, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Contract's fair, but you know, are you giving them a first round pick for Devontae Graham? I'm not really sure that, you know, that that's the move. Um, so that probably was the biggest head scratcher to me. The Lakers made a lot of moves, the signings, um, not surprising considering all they really had to offer was the minimum. So you bring in older guys like Ariza, Bazemore, um, Dwight, Mello. I don't really think – I'm really i curious to see the fit because I don't really think that Mello and Russ together is necessarily going to be their best fit. Even it'll though be, It'll be gotten, interesting. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mello's gotten better in catch and shoot, so there's that. But uh, I think the Lakers are going to have a tough time with their lineups. Um, so I'm curious to see how that goes. But – I think the biggest heads. Oh, also the Knicks. I thought they, they overpaid for uh, Fournier. I mean, he's got what seventy-eight million. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't understand that either. And they got I mean, Kimball Walker. Yeah, and they and they got Kimball. I mean, Kimball Walker to me is the type of player that when he's good, he's good. But when he's bad, he's really bad. And also, he's injury prone on top of that. So it's almost like the the Knicks were just like, oh, well, we were better than we've been in a long time. So why don't we just make ourselves a little bit better? I mean, 
I, I don't understand like tying yourself up with so much money. I, you know, I just don't see uh, Kimba Walker. I think you could have got better options, a, a lot cheaper price that you won't be tied to. I think Kimba Walker around the state, he has what, a couple of years left on his contract? No, well, he's no, a, okay, a buyout. Oh yeah, he bought out. Yeah, so, he, so he's on a, so a, he's on a one a year. brand new. Yeah, yeah, it's a brand new. Okay. But also, so, I mean, Jeff they're, they're Green, Jeff Green for the Nuggets. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Drew. Million, uh, I was going to say uh, the Nets didn't retain Jeff Green, which is a big free agent, yeah, in my that's opinion. A, that's he went to the loss. Nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that I thought Jeff Green was really big for them. That I saw they brought back Blake Griffin, though. So maybe they feel like they can fill that role with just Blake, give him more minutes. I don't yeah. Know. And I think Jeff Green's actually a better player at this point than Blake yeah. Griffin. Yeah. And I think Jeff Green is great for Denver. I mean, he kind of takes over because if I'm not mistaken, uh, Paul Millsap um, is still a free agent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, he's not coming back. And I think he kind of takes also Jermichael Green's uh, minutes. So they that's brought back Jermichael, though. They brought yeah, they, him back. Yeah. They brought him back. But I think he takes his minutes because he feels yeah. kind of a similar role. He's just a better overall player than Jermichael Green. Um, so I think that's actually a really upgrade for for Denver. I mean, I actually think if Denver can stay healthy, they're definitely a team that could contend. But again, mm-hmm. it depends on like with most teams, it depends on if they can stay healthy. You know, specifically Jamal, uh, Jamal Murray. Murray and and Will Barton as well, because Will Barton has been injury prone a lot lately. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, some of the moves is just kind of kind of head scratching. I mean, and I understand why Miami had to give. Jimmy Butler that extension because I mean, what else are they going to do? Are they going to let him walk? They still wouldn't have uh, many other options. But man, that is a lot of money to especially pay somebody. for his age. Especially for his age, it's kind of similar to, to the Chris Paul deal. Chris Paul, exactly. Yeah, and in Chris Paul, he just signed a what three year, three year deal. So he can't keep getting away with that, dude. He's like. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's going to catch up to him. But again, Phoenix was kind of stuck. Like, what do we do? Do we not sign mm-hmm. him and let Cameron Payne be our starting point guard? I mean, Cameron Payne was great in his role, but he's I don't know if you can count on him being a 35 minute uh, game point guard that's going to take you to that next level. I mean, like I say, I could be wrong, but uh, I think they, were no, just they got stuck. him on a bargain deal. Yeah, he, he, he came back. On, that's that's a great deal for them. Mm-hmm. So I guess they kind of a little bit offsets the Chris Paul deal. So I guess they figure they're just kind of going for it now. Um, that's and the why Suns he, also brought in McGee, JaVale. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I the, think a man. Gold medalist, JaVale McGee. Yeah, yeah, gold medalist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, real quickly. I think about DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's another one. I actually uh, The Bulls are another about. team like the Knicks who are just taking the window that's open and taking yeah. it because they've sucked for so long. So <laughs> exactly. They want their fans. They want their fans to be excited for something, so that's what they're doing. I think it's smart. Yeah, it's it's smart. I mean, and I think that's where people get kind of caught up on the whole ring culture. And if you don't win a ring, your team sucks and has had a horrible season. I, I've never seen it that way. I figure you try to win as many games as you can. If you don't win a championship, it's not necessarily a, a, a horrible season. Not everybody's going to win a championship. And I think that's kind of where the Bulls and the Knicks, I don't think they necessarily making these moves like, okay, now we're – we're going to go out there and win a title. I think they're making it moves like, okay, we've been bad for so long. <laughs> Maybe it's time to we actually give our fans something to cheer for. And yeah. I think the Bulls can be a fourth or a fifth seed with that roster. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on if Zach Levine can take that next step um, to where he is right now. Because DeMar DeMar, you know we are going to get from DeRozan. He's going to give you – He's also a great playmaker now. It's on the Spurs. He really yeah. improved in that. Yeah. Six I mean – Playing, playing under a Popovich system, he's he definitely learned how to be more than just a mid-range shooter. So, I mean, I think that's going to kind of depend on what you get from Zach Levine, um, if he's going to take that next step. Because they got they have some talent on that team. It's just – They have Lonzo now, too, who can be yeah, a primary and, ball handler. And Lonzo Ball, who, who yeah. who's probably the, the one person I've been most wrong on out of everybody because – I didn't think Lonzo Ball was no way he's going to be able to be this good of a shooter. I didn't see that coming at all after yeah. his first year or two where he had one of the worst looking shots I've seen since probably Chuck Hayes. Um, <laughs> so that that's definitely some. Uh, well, then they also went and got Vucevic at the deadline too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love his game. He's, he's, he's the type of player you're going to get, you know, you're going to get 20, 25 points a game for him regardless. I mean, his he defense on the magic on the magic. Yeah. Who was just, it was horrible. Horrible. And they're probably going to be 
I mean, it won't be as bad again they this year. They got Suggs, but, like, no one yeah. – I haven't seen one post about Jalen Suggs on anything. <laughs> I, I forgot he was even in the draft. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, um, which is kind of funny. Yeah, he kind of – he dropped a little bit further. And I'm still kind of surprised that Orlando even went and got Suggs because they've already they already had a couple of other point guards. So They have Spoltz. Um, they have a RJ couple Hampton. guys. Yeah, yeah Panther. Yeah, they already had a couple of – Cole you know, Anthony – Cole yep. Anthony, exactly, who actually had a really good end of the year. Um, but before we wrap up um, wrap up this last segment, um, I also just want to kind of get everyone's opinion on the Olympics that just happened um, last night, the ro- uh, Rockets. <laughs> Rockets <laughs> the, didn't have anybody, unfortunately. <laughs> Team USA uh, uh, actually won the gold medal. Were any of y'all surprised? Because I know a lot of people were down on them when they lost those exhibition games and lost – uh, that game earlier on in the Olympics was this a surprise to anybody? Because it was still a, it was a competitive game. No, I, I expected us to win gold. Like when if you watch the exhibition game, they were missing Drew Holiday, who was a yeah. big part of them winning the gold because his defense and his playmaking were great. They were also missing Devin Booker and Chris Middleton, and they had uh, Jeremy Grant. No offense to him, and <laughs> Kelvin Johnson playing big minutes against. Yes professional FIBA players. FIBA's way different than the NBA. Like, you can goaltend, you can smack the ball out off the rim. Yeah, like Draymond um, did. Foul, yeah, it's a lot more physical. But I fully expected us to win gold. I don't know what Kendrick Perkins was talking about or uh, Nick Wright saying we were going to uh, win four. Kendrick Perkins, Dude, oh, my God. Clown Perkins. <laughs> don't get me started on him. <laughs> Perkins and Lashard are best friends. Oh, no, man, don't get me started on him. <laughs> Uh, he luckily you didn't get blocked, but I didn't want to give him satisfaction. Uh, but what, what was your opinion uh, on that uh, on the Team USA gold medal? Very uh, similar. I mean, there there was some you know some concern early on. There's rumblings that players thought that pitch to run the Spurs offense, but um, in general, I felt like a team that has. I mean, you have Kevin Durant first off. That's like half the battle, you know. But then you you also have you know Lillard. And a couple other pieces, I uh, feel like that would have been good enough. Um, but, in the, I mean, the whole way, I mean, when in doubt, turn to KD. <laughs> yes. KD, like I said, that's like half the battle right there. You have Kevin Durant. I mean, that's really kind of, you know, a, a great starting point. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I'm not surprised. I think people were kind of overreacting. Some losses. Yes, it was some concerning. But like Drew said, they were missing – like. Like Holiday fits perfect in FIBA type games. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's gritty. He plays tough defense. He doesn't necessarily not the greatest shooter, but that's not really FIBA type games. I mean, it's more about grinding out, play hard defense, get tough baskets. I mean, that's more FIBA basketball, and Holiday fits perfect with that. And I think that's, I mean, honestly, besides besides KD, he's probably the biggest reason why they won that gold medal. I mean, he was making plays left and right in uh, last night's game. So, I, like I said, I don't think it's a huge surprise, but, you know, international teams are catching up to the United States. But at the same time, they weren't they didn't have all their greatest players. I mean, LeBron didn't play, Harden didn't play, Curry didn't play. I mean, those guys played, they probably went in by 15, 20 yeah. points a game. So, I mean, that's just something to keep in mind for the next Olympics. Um, that's going to wrap it up for the second segment. In the third segment, we're going to actually be breaking down the roster going forward and uh, how we feel the rotation is going to play out because it's going to be a lot of interesting uh, decisions for Coach Salas to make as far as who's going to play, who's going to start, uh, who's going to come off the bench. So we will talk about that in the last segment. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And continue here on the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop a review or leave us some stars. Um, as usual, we always appreciate five stars. Uh, four stars is okay, but we prefer five stars. Um, in this final segment, we're going to actually talk about the rotation going forward. Um, of course, we still have a long way to go. Before we get to the regular season, we still have summer league. We still have training camp, preseason. Um, but we're going to actually kind of go over who we think is going to actually be starting and who we think we're going to be a six-man 
uh, who's going to actually be in the rotation. So I want to start off with you, A.D., what's your opinion on the rotation that they make a go with going forward? Of course, we don't know. They may bring in other players, free agency, trades, things like that. But right now, as we stand, how do you kind of see the rotation going as far as the starting lineup? Starting lineup, I think you have, you're going to go to the three guard lineup that makes the most sense. Uh, Wall, KPJ, Green. Uh, I'd also think that you go with, um, Tate and Wood. I think those are your five starters. I, I actually would prefer having Tate play the five um, or at least defending opposing uh, fives. Um, but I think that's going to probably be the best lineup. There's probably an argument to be made for having your starting five be um, Wall, um, KPJ, Green, Wood and Tice is an argument to starting Tice considering what you're paying him. Um, and that would also be fine, but I think I would rather, well, I would rather take Stark. I mean, overall, I think Tice is a better player all around. And real quick on that lineup, do you think that they would be concerned about um, not having really any great defenders on the court, especially defenders that can switch? And that's probably why they always keep Tate in the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I mean, Tice is a good defender, but he's not switchable, um, like you're saying. Wall's still a good defender as well. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's a concern. That would definitely be a concern. I mean, to me, I mean, Tate's like a unicorn. Tate's like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why they probably will still have him in the line. It's it's definitely interesting because it's with Wall on the team, it kind of throws stuff off a little bit, but – at the same time, you can kind of see some of the value. I know some people have no interest in seeing any value in John Wall at all, but there is a little bit of value to still having John Wall still on the roster with these younger players. Um, so, Drew, what's kind of your opinion? What's your opinion on what the star line could be? Um, maybe it, it rotates between when John Wall sits out back-to-back games. I mean, who knows? What's kind of what's your opinion on that? So, if uh, if Wall's going to be playing. So there's going to be, I feel like there's going to be a couple of starting lineups that Silas can roll out. It's going to be Wall, KPJ, Green, Wood, Tice. And then when Wall's out, KPJ, Green, Tate, Wood, and Tice. I think those are the two lineups, the starting lineups they'll go with. And then Eric Gordon is a six-man off the bench unless we move him. And then you have Armani off the bench. You have a bunch of guys, the, uh, the uh, Josh Christopher, Garuba, and Sangoon off the bench. So we have a lot of options, but I think the starting lineup is going to consist of most of the guys that were here last season and then Green. And, and speaking of Garuba and, and Sangoon, do you see them pretty much probably starting off in the G League and kind of rotating back and forth depending on injuries and depending mm-hmm. on players uh, sitting out? Do you see them both starting in the G League and possibly even Christopher, considering that they have Armani Brooks, they have David Nwaba, you still have Eric Gordon on the mm-hmm. team, who I, I know they wanted to trade, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen right away. Do you see those guys probably starting off in the G League? So I think that all depends on how they do in the Summer League. Like if they go in the Summer League and they just dominate the game uh, and then put up great numbers, I feel like they'll start off the season with the team. And then if they struggle – in the regular NBA games, they may be, may be sent down a little bit to develop their game, or they could just ride the bench and practice with the team and get reps in if the games are blowout and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think they do spend quite a bit of time in the G League. I expect that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, I know there's a lot of excitement around them, and it should be with the rookies, but again, they still are rookies. And as much excitement as they as there is, when you're drafted around 16 to 20 and you're not trying to win right away and you have time to develop, I think it's beneficial. I mean, because we saw with KJ Martin and even with KPJ, I mean, KPJ benefited a lot from being able to play in the G League, being able to focus just on playing the point guard. And, and KJ Martin, I mean, we saw his development from the time where he was in the G League and then he came to the um, the, you know, to the Rockets, I think it's it, sometimes even more of a benefit than just sitting on the bench watching players play, actually being on the – that's a good thing about having an affiliated team is they're running the same offense you're running and the uh, actually on the uh, big roster. So I think right. that we'll probably see them kind of back and forth throughout the entire year on, in the G League. And maybe they 
ball out so much that eventually they're just a, a permanent fixture in the um, on the Rockets team, um, just like we saw from K.J. Martin, because K.J. Martin was kind of bouncing back and forth. And then we saw that with K.P.J., which was kind of all the plan all along with him. He was pretty much going to be the player that they were going to put into the rotation regardless. But I think we're going to kind of see that kind of go back and forth all year long. So I just don't want people to be shocked if they don't see all three guys in the rotation from day one, because I just don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, And another question I want to ask both you guys and something that's kind of been floating around, something I've been talking about a lot on Twitter lately. Do you see any benefit of having John Wall still on the roster? I know people want John Wall going like yesterday because they think it's going to hinder the development of players like KPJ and Jalen Green. But do you see any benefit of having a former all-star, former all-NBA point guard who, you know, first half of last year, actually he was a, a, a decent to good player at points. And then once the season kind of went downhill, you kind of saw him just kind of just start going into John Wall is going to shoot every time down the court and not pass the ball to Christian Wood mode. Do you see any benefit of having him on the team, at least definitely this first half of the season, probably for the entire year? Um, I'll start with you, Anthony. I mean, the value that John Wall brings from a leadership standpoint, yeah, I mean, you you, de- you know, you definitely could appreciate that, uh, especially with the with a guy like Jalen Green. Um, and also even still with KPJ learning a point guard position, there's still some value there. Um, definitely value on defense. Um, we know that Jalen Green, that's an area that he needs to get better at. KPJ as well. Um, I think Wall being around can help with that. Not not only helping helping them learn how to play defense as a guard, um, but also the defense that he provides for the Rockets. John Wall is still a really good defender, um, especially for a point guard. He still might be one of the better uh, point guard defenders in the league. Um so there's value there. Uh, the concern that I have, though, uh, is that, you, as you mentioned earlier, having him out there kind of throws things off. You really are playing uh, KP, KPJ and Green out of position, in my opinion. Um, KPJ not as much, but definitely Green being a three. Uh, so, you know, I worry a little bit about that. But the reality is the Rockets don't really have a choice. I mean, he, yeah. he's – I, I expect I expect Wall to be on the team this season. I will see what happens with the player option. I'm seeing folks suggest uh, that he'll uh, opt into the p- player option and then get bought out at 44 million, which I think is still kind of lofty. Um, but but yeah, I mean th- I mean there's some value that he brings. Yeah, and, and like I said. That's the big part of it, all of it. The Rockets probably don't have a choice. I mean, of course, they would love to be able to, you know, probably have him off the roster, not because he's a horrible person or a horrible player or a bad teammate, it's just because just the state of where the Rockets are right now. They're not trying to win a championship next year. I mean, let's all be realistic. They're really still in rebuilding mode, kind of seeing what they actually have going forward. So, of course, they would love to be able to trade him, and I'm sure Wall would love to be on a contender but that's just not the way it's going to work out this year. Um, so, Drew, what's kind of your opinion on John Wall? As we probably all know, he's going to be part of the roster going forward and not, you know, in the near future. So what's kind of your opinion on how John Wall fits with the team? So I won't go into my actual feelings about John Wall being on this team still, <laughs> but I think he could be beneficial to helping the younger guys develop and teaching them the, you know, basics of, defending as a point guard like Christopher, I feel like he has potential to be a great defender, but I think he's going to be here. And as long as he's here trying his best and being a great mentor, I'm okay with it. Cause I mean, his contract is pretty much unmovable at this point, unless like the Clippers get really desperate, which I don't see them getting this year. Cause they're going to be without Kawhi. So there's maybe like a buy year for them. So yeah. he's just going to be here. and We're going to have to deal with it. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the, what's, what's probably going to happen I mean, and I, another thing I kind of pointed out earlier on Twitter, you can kind of tell where the Rockets season is going, even if you don't watch any of the games. I mean, if John Wall is out there putting up 20, 22 points a game, shooting 39% from the field, then you know the season is probably going downhill fast. I mean, if he's averaging more 13, 14, 15 points a game and shooting 43, 44%, then you know he's taking that step back because at the end of the day, John Wall is a veteran and if he goes out there and he takes a step back and he's willing to play more of the 
Derrick Rose role or even Chris Paul as far as not having to be the main guy. I mean, I know everybody thought Chris Paul was the main guy, but it was really Devin Booker. But Mm -hmm. Chris Paul was willing to, you know, step back and be more of the playmaker team, which he's been all his career. And John Wall, I mean, before this year, if you go back and look at his career, I mean, he averaged eight assists, nine assists. I mean, he had a season where he almost averaged 11 assists in a year. So, I mean, he can do it. So I think that it all depends on what type of player does John Wall want to be going forward? Is he going to be more of a mentor? Or is he going to be a guy that's just still trying to prove that he can play in the, play in the league? So I think that'll all kind of determine how the Rockets play it out. And, and again, I don't think he's going to be playing any back-to-backs again this year anyway because we have a full year. They're playing a full 82-year game schedule. So I, I think that a lot of times it's not even going to be an issue because he's not even going to be playing. And we all know that KPJ said that he's a point guard. So they're going to have to work that in some type of way. I mean, if if John Wall was willing to, honestly, the best place for John Wall would be as a six-man. But, I mean, it's I don't think it's not going to happen. There's no way John Wall's going to accept coming off the bench, um, especially, you know, considering he's still trying to fight his way back and show that he's a player in the league. So that would be the ultimate dream, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Uh, before we actually, before we even wrap up the show, um, I want to get a, a another question out to both of y'all. What's was your opinion on Eric Gordon not getting moved? Do you think it was more of maybe he's hurt more than we thought, or maybe teams are just scared off from his injury history because he actually had a bounce back year last year. He was actually playing pretty good considering how he played the year before. What's kind of your opinion on why he hasn't been traded yet? And do y'all see him getting traded um, before the deadline? I'll start with you, Drew. Uh, honestly, I think he's going to be a deadline type player. So teams are going to see where they're at with what they, the current rosters they have. And if they're not where they think they need to be to contend, for example, like the Warriors, they'll try to make a move for Eric Gordon. And it could be that um, the Rockets were trying to trade Eric Gordon and Stone decided to hold back on that because he felt like maybe if Eric Gordon plays great in the first half, we can actually get more value for him back when teams start to get desperate at the deadline. So honestly, I don't think he'll be here past the deadline, but he may be here come training camp in the start of the season. And what yeah, about you, AD? Yeah, I actually kind of agree. I'm surprised he didn't get traded. Um, But I do think that that injury that he had last season hurt him because Mm -hmm. he probably would have got traded at the deadline if he didn't Mm -hmm. get hurt. Yeah. Because as you said, he was having a strong bounce back season uh, last season. Um, So, but I mean, Eric Gordon still has value. He's a really good defender. When he decides to drive and attack, you know, he's almost unstoppable, especially he kind of slimmed down a little bit, seemed like last season. Um, Three-point shot. He's made some big shots and some big games. I'm, I guess I'm surprised, especially considering his contract. The last year is not even guaranteed. So I would have thought that, you know, a, a team that's in win now mode would have gone after him. Um, I'm sure the annual number makes it tough for him. I think he's at like 17, 18 a year on average, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, around in that there. range. Yeah. Um, but I do think that I agree with Drew. He'll probably get traded at the deadline, um, considering that. I mean, if he was going to get traded, I think it would have already happened by now. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as this offseason. So I think he probably will be a deadline move, assuming he doesn't get hurt again like last season. Yeah, I mean, and, and you think about the year before that, he would have probably been traded, but the Rockets, um, for some reason, uh, decided to go ahead and give him the contract extension, which... In, that which, was one of Maury's last gifts <laughs> that keeps on giving. Uh, one of, uh, yeah. yes, the the, the great Daryl Maury had to spend time no, with his family. No. Um, <laughs> one of his gifts, um, yeah, which actually took him... He wasn't eligible to be traded, so I think he would have been traded up until they trade deadline if, if they wouldn't have made that extension. So it's been a couple of times where, yeah, we thought Eric Gordon was going to be traded, and it didn't happen, so... We will see coming up. And like I say, if, if, if Eric Gordon, if this Eric Gordon was on the Rockets two years from now when the Rockets actually should be contending, he would be perfect. But again, they're trying to develop the young guys. I don't know how much Eric Gordon fits in long term. He doesn't really fit in long term with this team. I mean, short term, just like John Wall, I think he's fine. I think he could help the guys, um, especially like Josh Christopher and Jalen Green, show them how to be shooting guards in the NBA. Because as great as both of they, uh, those players are, they're still rookies. So they're still learning. And you have a player like Eric Gordon who's been through, 
I think pretty much every situation imaginable, I think he can still bring value. But long term, like both of y'all say, I think by the trade deadline, long as he doesn't get hurt again, I think it's it's pretty much a, a foregone conclusion that he will be traded. Um, before we wrap it up, I want to let uh, both of you guys, let everybody know where they can find your content. So why don't we uh, let you start that off, Drew? Yeah, so you can find all my Rockets content at Houston Tech HDX underscore Drew underscore on Twitter. Just follow me there, and I retweet all the articles or podcasts you're part of for Apollo. And you can find me as well. Uh, my content on Space City Scoop at Space City underscore Scoop, as well as Apollo as well. Yeah, and I want to thank both of you guys for jumping on. AD, this is probably like our 50th podcast we've done together. So <laughs> I appreciate you jumping on. And Drew, you did a great job and definitely thank you, thank you. definitely want to have you back on again. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Hugh Sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of Launchpad Podcast, presented by Apollo Media, your home for all things Houston Rockets.